0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: The Incomparable, number
0: 682, September 2023. Welcome back to The Incomparable, everybody. I am your guest host, Chip Suttereth. And alongside this illustrious league of uh, panelists, we're going to discuss what I, you know, we do opening statements on this show every once in a while. Let me put one down right now why did we ever need a DC extended universe in the movies when we had a DC animated universe? And I think the most idealized form of that animated universe exists in the show that we're talking about today. Justice league unlimited, no bloody a no bloody B. This is JLU justice league. Unlimited with me is a fantastic uh, group of panelists, including my one-time professor at the batman university hello tony Sindelar.
2: hello chip hello nerds thank you for
0: having me cicero holmes is also here hi cicero hi hey chip
3: how are you uh thank you very much from saving me from those aglets
0: (laughs) they are sinister after all shannon Sutterth is here hi shannon hola freakies and finally (laughs) monty ashley hi monty
4: Hi, I'm just here for the guys I'd never heard of. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. Um, isn't that Green Lantern? I love Justice League Unlimited, uh, top to bottom. But and, and the reason I wanted to talk about Justice League Unlimited is I feel like, it, for one thing, when it was announced, I was skeptical. I thought that they were taking my evolved and erudite and... Um, mature Justice League and the, ba- and the DC animated franchises and they were going to super friends it. And I had such low expectations for it. Uh, and I felt like I was proved wrong. And Justice League Unlimited is on max along with its uh, sibling series and you can watch it for yourself. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the broader DC animated universe that came before it. This was pretty much the end of the DC animated universe. And then this DC animated universe was begun, of course, with Bruce Timm and uh, Batman, the animated series that began on Fox back in the early nineties. I'm so old. Um, and then it was followed up by Superman, the animated series, um, Batman beyond and justice league. Um, I just wanted to get a quick temperature check for everybody, um, with the, all of the hindsight and the, um, experience that we bring to bear. Uh, what are your feelings about the DC animated universe now and how you were feeling about it before, um, justice league and justice, uh, league unlimited were green lit.
4: I love the DC animated universe. Um, I loved Batman the animated series. I did not get into Batman Beyond. Uh, Superman the animated series, I think, has been kind of forgotten, but it's an excellent uh, version of the Superman mythos. Um, when Justice League came along, I was looking forward to it because you know it would expand the universe to the seven most popular heroes, or not most popular, but you know what I mean. So then, when Justice League Unlimited came along, and it was like, now we're just going to throw everything in the dc universe in i was like great this uh this just continues to expand the world and i'm into it and like i said in my intro i was most interested in heroes i'd never heard of like shining knight who's all (laughs) over justice league unlimited just in the background doing Mm -hmm. stuff most of the time
3: the best way for me to sum it up is um the DC animated universe kind of was like ether to hunt and uh, mission, mission impossible Two. Uh, he just, they just can't miss, right? Like they, they, everything they shoot, uh, it, it just lands. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was all great from, you know, from the, the animated series to superman um justice league you talked about batman beyond there's one thing that you forgot and and that is the zeta project
2: mm, and static S- shock
3: and static shock well was so was static shock part of the bruce tim is it
2: part of this universe it, uh there's a crossover but but it, it is not a bruce tim show
0: uh, okay. which i guess neither is the zeta project but they're based on yeah stuff. yeah i guess sorry they are. yeah I I yeah. give it I I I would give it uh, an included because there were enough crossovers involved and Dwayne McDuffie who was big into the JLU right, uh, was the right. showrunner for Static Shock but right. um but it is slightly slightly off mm-hmm. it is sort of a torchwood to Doctor Who I don't yes know.
2: Right. there, you, there go. you go
3: there you go uh, yeah but all that all the, all of that stuff was great um, and uh, but I think JLU was probably the best of of all of it.
2: So, a uh, big fan of Batman the animated series, uh, you know, so, such that I had my own Batman the animated series podcast for a while. Uh, but I've always enjoyed that there there is this interconnected world that, in a lot of ways, feels evocative of the interconnected world of the DC comics. Uh, I've I've watched the Superman animated series a couple times. Uh, I think it's good. It's not my favorite thing, uh, but you know, Batman the animated series is. Uh, Batman Beyond, I think, is is impressive. How much kind of of a cultural footprint Batman Beyond has for a TV show that you know, a cartoon show that was around for three seasons. I think a lot of people are familiar with the Batman Beyond character given how short-lived that show was. Uh but, you know, Justice League and 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 then the follow up Justice League Unlimited, I think were kind of the most successful big mainstream you know years before we'd have Marvel movies uh thing where it's like look here's a zillion uh superheroes hanging out together dealing with particularly world or galaxy uh spanning problems here we're going to feature characters that are not characters that would ever be big enough to have their own show let alone their own movie and we're just going to spend some time with them while your big seven are off in the background doing other stuff uh I don't know I always thought Justice League was a just a really cool thing and I will say you know for me as a perhaps a, a, a person coming to these at a somewhat younger age there was kind of the weird thing where uh there's a lot of characters that i found through justice league justice league unlimited way before i would have ever read about them in a comic oh, yeah. right oh, yeah. um and i will say i still have not uh <laughs> encountered some of the, the the farther reaching justice league unlimited people in comics uh just because i don't i don't specifically read the justice league titles maybe they're there all over the place um but you know the the, I mean Justice League Unlimited uh, it it does what it says on the tin Unlimited you know the opening sequence is like look here's a show that has like 55 characters in it and they are gonna they are gonna cram those characters into as many things as possible there will just be a ton of characters I will say I I had a particular experience of watching the show uh, I think I was a college student uh, with my roommate uh, Jeremy who's a librarian who's a deep DC Comics fan and he would give you the annotated thing like oh that's so and so in the back that's so-and-so in the background. And someday Jeremy will release his uh like uh Jeremy librarian commentary for the TV show so you can experience <laughs> it the way I did while eating cold cereal. Uh but for now, uh you know, you can you can read Wikipedia while you're uh you're watching Justice League Unlimited. <laughs>
1: Um in my case um I I am old enough that I was watching Super Friends way way back in the distant ages and I was a Wonder Woman girl um was you know reading the comics way back uh, in elementary and middle school um and drifted away from it and then I met this guy and started dating him and he was uh big into comics and you know was showing me all kinds of titles and we started watching Batman the 80-Minute Series I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved just the m- masterful way it worked with animation, with reimagining the characters, and so forth. Um, so I, we kept watching. Um, Superman? I liked, yeah, okay. Um, I really like Batman Beyond. That just you know as as Tony said, the, the way they absolutely that they were able to craft a whole new mythos within the bigger mythos and have it make such an impression um really, really uh grabbed my attention. Um and when finally we got to the Justice League, I was okay, finally, Wonder Woman, finally. Um, because, you know, I wanted to see my favorite character. I was not sure about Justice League Unlimited. Um again, you know, remembering um the Super Friends and, you know, was, how are they going to do this? Um but I really liked it is almost seamless. The way they went from Justice League to opening the curtains wider and letting more people in, continuing to have these really strong story arcs within the different seasons um, and still incorporating all of these minor characters, you know, some of which you might have seen, some of which you might not have seen, um, making more connections But I I think Batman Beyond still holds my heart, but I greatly admire what Justice League Unlimited was able to do overall.
0: I love Batman Beyond, but I absolutely heart, with the passion of a thousand suns, Justice League Unlimited. That's my purest level of DCAU for me. So um, Batman, the animated series, kicked things off. There were only two non-Batman-related characters who ever showed up in that run, uh, Zatanna, and of all things, Jonah Hex in a flashback (laughs) episode. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Amazing. Um, And then Superman, the animated series, really opens things up. I think that it is harder sometimes to tell Superman stories than Batman stories, because the... The, the, the character is so much more powerful you need more things to challenge or contrast with him, as opposed to batman who is just this guy you know um so you had characters like dr fate and aquaman and the flash in a classic uh superman versus flash race uh <laughs> showing up in that and it seemed like you know the the groundwork is being laid there for the possibility of a Justice League series. Instead, following up from Superman the Animated Series, we get Batman Beyond, which has the first ever appearance of the Justice League. It's the future League. It is called Justice League Unlimited in that episode. Um, Starro is in it. It is kind of wild. Then I believe that the suits finally turned to Bruce Tim and said we've got all of this ip let's let's really do something with it cartoon network wants a wants a justice league series what do you say and so we got justice league limited um <laughs> seven char- seven characters superman batman wonder woman martian manhunter green lantern john stewart hawk girl not hawk man and the flash and they carried two seasons uh with a few guest stars And I was not happy with Justice League season one. It was appointment television for me um, because I love these characters and I'm a comic book nerd, but the pacing, the weakness of Superman, who they always would knock off, uh, knock out early in the episode just to demonstrate how tough the villain was was. Justice League season one wasn't working for me. Um I thought the stories got more um, robust and uh, stronger in the second season, but um I was in that weird place where I felt like Justice League could be better and then I heard about what was going to happen with Justice League Unlimited, and I was super skeptical. How did you all feel about uh, the predecessor series justice League
3: i thought I thought the the original justice League. Um I, I kind of I'm kind of with you on season one, Chip. It was it was I I think it was just the, the fact that they were like, oh, hey, we've got we've got all of these heroes together. And and I think it is it, it similar. It was a criticism that I remember having watching the Superman show and then watching the Justice League show kind of right after it was that uh, Superman was kind of a punk. Um, because, because yeah, he was always, he was always, you know, getting his butt kicked, but it was again, the reason they had to do that was because he was so powerful and yeah. And it always made it kind of dumb, right? Like you knew that ultimately like, all right, well, how powerful really is Superman? So can he just like be powerful and, and just like, you know, make, make the episode about, how uh superman beat somebody up and then they ate shawarma afterwards right like listen <laughs> why can't we do that um so we got we got a lot of that in season one and then in season two they were like oh wait a minute we can actually do stories where it's not just about like who the monster of the week is and and we can figure some some uh some other things out some other complexities out um and you know leading into the story arc at the end of, of season two of justice league um that kind of rolled right into uh JLU season one, which is kind of like justice league season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, the thing that I love about the, the most, when I think about the justice league and justice league unlimited, I think about kind of them at, at the same as the same thing. And the most indelible Mark on the, from the show for me is at the end of season three is, is one of the almost one of the last things that's said is fixing this issue that I've had with with Superman from the beginning, which is, you know, I, I live in this world made out of cardboard. Right. And and he finally gets to let loose. And, and I really love that they were able to f- fix that part of Superman for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like Justice League. I think it, it, it certainly they built upon it, uh, and Justice League Unlimited uh, revels in the fact that some of the B list and C list superheroes are actually really fun and interesting, and you can tell stories that are happening while other people are saving the world or or whatnot. And you know, some of the I, I, you know, I looking at lists of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited care, uh, episodes. My favorite episodes are primarily from the Justice League Unlimited epi- uh, episode list. I would say, you know, one of the the few episodes that's, that has stuck with me from Justice League. I do like I really like the episode where they go to the alternate world uh, where the, the Justice League is evil. They're the Justice Lord and they're like authoritarian fascists. And there's some interesting plays on revealing the dynamics between them. Uh, uh, but I will say I think one of the things that Justice League got really uh, good that then Justice League Unlimited was able to go further with was the friendship between uh the flash and uh green lantern as a duo um i think that's always an interesting thing in big superhero team-ups is how do we rejigger uh things so that we we don't have seven protagonists who are all bouncing off each other and you know batman is probably never going to be the comic relief but guess what flash the the way flash acts is different uh when he's part of a group of seven at, versus when you make a movie or show just about the flash and he is your he's he's the the the, the hero of the story versus the, the comic relief so uh there are some things that they figured out there but but there is a lot of like let us introduce things that you know are are just world destroying or you know something scary is happening in the ocean spoiler it's going to be aquaman related because they want to introduce aquaman um <laughs> but yeah the, the the storytelling in justice league unlimited is several notches above the average storytelling in, in just justice league
1: limited and the way they play with the characters, uh, you know, you've mentioned how, you know, Flash uh, is a bit different when he's part of the Justice League versus when he's on his own. Uh, you get some of that with Batman as well. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the contrast um, and it's sort of a DC animated universe thing uh, overall, but, um, you know, Batman in the comics, in the Justice League, is never really fully part of the group. He mm-hmm. is, you know, standing to the side. He is keeping an eye on everybody. He's got uh, ways to take down every single member, um, except Wonder <laughs> Woman, apparently, um, because he's prepares for all eventualities and we don't get that um we we get more he, he's he's more of a leader mm-hmm. you know he's not in the thick of it necessarily but he is there he is present um and willing to jump in when he needs to and you know takes off on his own when he sees um something that has to be taken care of um so uh and it works better for the for the T V show, especially, you know, with audiences, younger kids, of course, you know, were um, a big target for uh for all of these shows. Um so they didn't get into the, the nitty gritty of the comics in the same way, and I think that's a very good thing.
2: There is a there's a slice of uh just a workplace <laughs> comedy oh, that yeah. is inserted 100%. into Justice League and Justice League Unlimited which I really like. I mean, there's numerous scenes that take place like in cafeterias uh <laughs> you know, b- I guess between shifts or whatever. But yeah, definitely one of my takeaways is like what what are these different superheroes like as coworkers? And I don't I don't think I mean, I am heavily invested in Batman, but I don't I don't think I want to work with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> the conceit of Justice
4: League Unlimited where everybody is on the watchtower all the time, oh, man. kind of makes me wonder who's fighting crime. Yeah, it's like you in know? Across the Spider-Verse where you discover there's no Spider-Man <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> anywhere but <laughs> here. Yeah, that, all, that was Green Arrow's all question. In the
2: clubhouse all the time.
1: <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this.
0: Speaking of, uh, I want to mention Green Arrow right from the start because uh, that first episode of Justice League Unlimited really sets the tone for everything that's going to go forward for the next three years, Uh, and it's one of the best. I think it's one of the best first episodes of a cartoon series ever. Um, Just to recap that, Justice League was exclusively two-parters, um, with the exception of one brief holiday special, so you had these th- this uh, core cast of seven, and every story was a two parter. So if the story could have been done shorter, no, it had to be padded. Nope. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> Justice League Unlimited, every story um, is start to finish. Th- done in 30 minutes up until you get to the season finales uh when you um when you you do have to do the two could be continued thing
2: and they're going to introduce some characters that you've never heard of in the first five episodes
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> unless you right. unless you're a pretty pretty uh deep DC deep, comics nerd yeah, yeah, absolutely deep deep so yeah. um you get a uh, Green Lantern plucked off of the earth uh, in the middle of a case by Green Lantern brought up to the, uh, to the new watchtower satellite um, confronted with more than 50 superhero characters. Nemesis was there. Creeper was there. Aztec Aztec was there. <laughs> um, and, and they immediately have a crisis uh, that is happening in a Uh, In a communist Asian country that is in lockdown, a nuclear powered bad guy is rampaging and um, Green Arrow is there to be the what about the regular people um, conscience of the show. And he's established of that in that first uh, 30 uh, minute episode, Um, an ad hoc team of the familiar Justice League or Green Lantern Green Arrow, Supergirl, and Captain Atom go down there, they clash, they have personality conflicts, they hit a crisis point, Uh, Green Arrow goes off on his own, they uh, figure out how to gel and resolve the crisis, they have arguments, crucially, they have arguments over whether they should be interfering um, in this sovereign nation that does not want them there and um they uh find their way into yes we have to we're superheroes there's a brief moment when supergirl threatens one of the um uh military people and then they resolve the situation and come back up and it's done in 30 minutes um i I went through that quick synopsis first to um highlight how much how important i think the character green arrow is in this series even though he's not in all of the episodes and two, just compare and contrast just how tight that story is compared to the two seasons of justice league that came before it um thoughts about um how these episodes worked with these different kinds of characters coming in and the points of view that were given given that these characters didn't have a lot of screen time all told in those 30 minutes
3: yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of like uh, I, who who said I think Monty said it or, or maybe Tony said it um, about like a lot of it for me was um, watching and, and learning characters that I had not seen before so like you know, getting to see them on screen or, or, you know, I knew very little about them. So it was, I was always excited about JLU because of, of the fact that I was, I knew that I was going to, I knew that there was a high chance that I was going to see um, whether a, a hero or a villain or both that, that I had not, you know, really known about before. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I've, I've always kind of been more of a Marvel uh, comics reader. So I, you know, I know that universe a little bit better. Um but but I I always felt like the rogues in and the heroes in D.C. were always a little bit more uh, zany, um, it, even even if they're mundane, like Calendar Man, you know, but it's just like, oh, you know what? So that that was always that was always really cool. Um one thing that I think is interesting, I, I, I think you're, you're right, Chip, right? That the-
0: uh, Those are my favorite the, words in the language, by the way.
3: Yeah, no, no problem, no problem. You know, I'm happy to, happy to help. Uh, so the, the fact that that Green Arrow kind of is like the avatar for, for us, um, but I never thought that I would say that, oh yeah, you know, Paragon of the People, billionaire Oliver Queen, <laughs> um, is, it rolls right off the tongue. Uh, but but I he think can't
2: fly. That's the
3: That's
2: absolutely. That's the that's basically the two tiers of heroes on Justice League. Right, is, okay, right. Do you have the power of flight or right, not? Right, um. yeah.
3: So, but I I do just um, like us, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I I do think that one of the things that happened for them was uh in being surprised that uh, that they were getting this new series the Jlu um, that they they learned a lot from the two previous seasons because uh, they I mean they did almost 50 episodes in uh, for for uh just justice League seasons one and two and and they were able, they knew one that they were only getting orders for 13 for Jlu and and they learned a lot about how to tell these stories and and they i think they knew a little bit better what stories they wanted to tell what arcs they wanted to create and and they were able to do that right away
1: and one other thing that they were able to i think hit right out of the gate was you know given this expanded cast of characters who can we play with i mean you've got in this first episode you've got green lantern who is in charge um captain adam who is the sensible choice <laughs> given the um given the mission uh you know he's picked specifically because he can directly affect uh whatever this nuclear anomaly is Green Green Arrow is just kind of all along for the ride because he wanted to go home, but he didn't want to take the transporter. And they're like, yeah, we'll drop you off when we're done. And then Supergirl, who is, you know, basically be, being treated like this, you know, little teenage brat who needs to, you know, the, the is it, I think, John Jones, who who says, she, you know, she needs some experience. Take her. And instead, you know, she's sniping. She's being a brat. She's sticking her tongue out at Captain Atom. Going off and charging off on her own as part of the story, so you've got all of these different personalities playing against each other, even as they try to um, make a cohesive team and uh, address the situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's something about uh, how tight uh, the episodes are in Justice League Unlimited, with the you know, and they're not even thirty minutes. They're, that's thirty minutes with commercials. There's probably right. like twenty twenty one minutes of actual story, and they're practically uh, it, blipverts. Yeah. You know, where, whereas the, the every episode of Justice League being a two parter is these sometimes kind of floppy 44 minutes of story. Uh, and there's something also about, you know, each episode. It's like it's like they had all of the uh, all of the DC characters on little cards and they just pick some names out of a hat. And it's like, OK, these are the four people that are going to be in this story. And like. I don't know. We'll pick from another hat. It's like there's a mean robot is the problem this episode. But, the, <laughs> you know, the mean robot is not the interesting part of any of the Justice League Unlimited episodes. It's the interactions between whatever two or three or four characters are going to be assigned to that mission, uh, which is – Unusual, I feel like, you know, for animation, especially for superhero stories, that it's so personality driven and that the story is kind of, you know, the thing that they have to save the world from or whatever bad guy is there this week is... Not as interesting as like what are the interactions between these different people. Have they worked together? What are their like how do they feel about their role of being a hero? What does it mean to get along with people? We definitely, I mean, they they there's a lot uh to mine from the idea that, you know, we have these superheroes who are used to being uh solo operators and now they have to be uh in a, a group of three or four and and some of them are fine at that and some of them very much are not, uh, or grapple with that in, in interesting ways. But uh to me there's there's like there's just a fun aspect of of that, uh, as opposed to the uh, the other stories that feel a lot more by the numbers, uh, these these have some kind of spontaneity and randomness to them that uh, I just I, yeah. I think they work better. Stories. And and
1: that was something that made I went through I was going through and reminding myself of the the different episodes, and it's kind of funny that you know we have this really interesting um, introduction in the first episode. The next two episodes are just original seven characters Mm -hmm. you've got superman batman and wonder woman in episode two and then um which
0: was a fantastic uh remount of alan moore's for the man who has everything yeah
3: right Mm -hmm. which is what it was called yeah
1: yes and then in the next one it's um the one where they get zapped into kids and it's batman wonder woman green lantern and i'm blanking on the fourth one So the next couple of episodes are, you know, focus kind of on the core characters. And then we get into expanding again.
4: Leftover Justice League scripts. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Um, Cicero said a Monster of the Week episode. And I felt like there was some disparagement in that phrase. But I really love the Justice League Unlimited Monster of the Week episodes. Because like you guys are saying, the the arc is in the characters mm-hmm. and that can carry through even while they're fighting Starro or Amazo or whatever nonsense is being thrown at them. Um, that That's all I have to say is just I like the short episodes because, you know, I like like season three, right? There's an episode called Patriot Act where Stripe, Stargirl, Vigilante, Shining Knight and Green Arrow are in charge of fighting something oh my god yes (laughs) (laughs) and it's so much fun and everything
0: doesn't need to be part of a dang arc (laughs) no no And, and and that is that is one of the glorious things about jlu even for people who don't know these characters chapter and verse uh because you're an obsessive uh data hogging fan um um hi it's me i'm the problem um but um you could there are all these in like that group, that grouping of heroes there was a takeoff of the classic Seven Soldiers of Victory, uh, uh characters from older DC comics and things like that. Of so,
4: course it was. What <laughs> else would it be?
0: I mean, I mean, nobody would know, nobody would have any reason to know that, but they do that. They have characters like, um, I, I mentioned, I think, Nemesis before in the background. Um, I don't think he ever has anything to do, but- Somebody somebody was familiar with this 1970s character and was like, um, I've I've just got to get him in a shot there somewhere. So all of these great mix matches of heroes against a um, a hero of a monster of the week. But also, um, in contrast to my expectations, when this show started, there are story arcs uh, to be found in Justice League Unlimited. For the most part, they tried to do a complete done-in-one story, but um, there are two major plot arcs that go through the three seasons of J.L.U., and I wanted to trot out the conversation about the uh, the Cadmus Project and the tension between this army of superheroes that has sky gods in space on a satellite with a wave motion gun Um dispatching heroes down to earth and some at least some uh, folks on earth feeling very very uncomfortable with all of that um and it turns into a who watches the watchmen kind of situation so i wanted to talk a little bit the project cadmus um story arc crops up in some early episodes in season 1 before turning into a real through line in season 2. Um nowadays with um The Boys and Watchmen and Invincible and other sort of critical uh, evaluations of um what superheroes would be like in the so-called real world. Here we have that issue coming up on a show that was airing on Cartoon Network with your <laughs> yeah. with with the Super Friends.
3: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean I love I love the fact that we that we got that through line in there because you know, you're sitting and you're watching it. I mean, one of the great things, uh, Chip, thanks, um, very much for proposing us do this because it gave me an opportunity to go back and, and rewatch this show that I, you know, genuinely love. Um, but, uh, watching the, the Cadmus arc specifically, uh, uh like really allowed me to appreciate how ahead of his time that, that arc was in terms of, you know, like this, it's the, the one of those postmodern superhero arcs, right. Where, where we can have cynicism about the heroes that, that we have. In fact, you know, one of the, one of the, in one of the scenes, uh, Superman's fighting somebody in Metropolis and he could have easily, they could have easily not fought in Metropolis. But he decided, oh yeah, it's in the, in the final episode, but he, yeah, he decided that he was uh, he was going to fight Darkseid and show how powerful he was by punching Darkseid through, like punched him up in the air and then he hit him through like 17 skyscrapers. And then he he flew around and he basically caught him in the air and then slammed him down into the ground and made this giant pit into the concrete in his you know, you're sitting there like, dude, couldn't you have just, like, taken them out to the country a little bit further and just, like, beating them up on the side of a mountain or in the grass? Like, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Like, you've caused a lot of damage. Um, so, like, that level of cynicism, I I had a, a little bit of that when I was watching it initially. But uh, it also allowed me to think, like, you know, is this... Is this show really just for kids or is it is it for uh, uh, the kids that will be adults or is it for the adults that are already watching this um, with their kids? Uh, There there is a lot. There are a lot of layers there. Uh, Man, it's a good show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think some of it is your. Uh, relative proximity to post 9-11 stuff informing it. But there is definitely that thing where, you know, you read uh, Justice League comics in the 90s and it's like, yeah, there's a there's a big space station hovering over Earth uh, where all the, the superpower people hang out and they uh, make decisions that impact world events and that's good. And then, yeah, Justice League Unlimited uh, kind of poses the question of like, how would people feel if there is, and I mean, I think they even raise, it's like the, the space station is maybe secret sometimes. Uh, you know, do, do, does the average person know that there's a a, a satellite in orbit uh, around Earth where very important decisions about the world are being made by unelected leaders? Uh, hey, the guy handling all the assignments is maybe from Mars, and maybe we don't talk about that much because that makes you uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, it, that starts to creep in there uh, in a way that I don't think was present in uh, certainly not in earlier DC animated stuff, but in, in superhero stuff in general before that with the major exception of Watchmen in terms of like – Do we, you know, what if we didn't love all superheroes and and take their authority as as benign and and always good for us? Um, Yeah.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit
0: sleepingdogsmovie dot com slash wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie dot com slash wondery. So as that story arc starts to build, not only do we start getting some episode to episode continuity going on, but they also do some callbacks to superman the animated series a little bit of stuff with batman beyond with the zeta with a zeta drone and things like that um especially um there was a character a supporting character in superman the animated series professor Emil hamilton um superman's tech buddy um and he at, at the towards the end of that series uh supergirl is injured and superman um actually threatens and scares Emil hamilton into uh trying to save uh Car- supergirl's life and they they actually pull that forward into justice league unlimited and um spoilers for a decades old uh cartoon but hamilton is affected by that incident so much that he joins the government conspiracy against the superheroes and creates a homicidal clone of um Supergirl that we will not call Power Girl uh we'll call her Galatea but um so so here's so here is in service to this uh conspiracy storyline that uh been building is uh connective tissue to the all these older series um Did you all appreciate that connective tissue? Did you just uh, sort of appreciate and go on? Or did you have moments of like, uh, boy, you guys are really making this thing complicated now?
2: I think it, I think this is a place where, uh, Justice League did, handled it well in terms of there are all these connections, but it didn't feel like perhaps what the, the MCU is kind of suffering from where it feels like there's homework that you have to do in that the connections are there and you'll appreciate them if you notice them, but they're not usually kind of, load-bearing critical things where if you are, are don't, don't recognize the connection, the episode doesn't make any sense or or you, the meaning of it is lost on you. So I, I think they, they thread that relatively well in that there's stuff that rewards the repeat viewer and the person who's seen all the episodes. But also, if you just watch a bunch of random episodes from season two, they're pretty enjoyable uh, without necessarily having seen all the homework beforehand
0: monty uh Shannon, what did you two think of the whole uh cadmus uh, arc and the, the the stuff that went on into making that
1: um i i i definitely appreciated its presence um because you know as uh, as others have mentioned um getting to a point where um addressing some of you know if superheroes were really a thing um you know i think some of these governments would be trying to to plan against them i think some of these governments would be um, trying to figure out how to control um, or be ready to defend, you know things like that. M- my main appreciation for the Cadmus arc, honestly, is is its climax when uh, they finally are facing um, how Lex Luthor and Brainiac have managed to become one, and everybody is down except for the Flash, who has been kind of the goofball who has not been in every episode it takes like three or four episodes before we even see him and um there's this sort of feeling like you know yeah he's fast he's he's useful um but he's they they a lot of people tend to classify him a little bit more in the younger kids category even though he's one of the original seven and he's the one who takes down Lex Luthor and Brainiac by running around the world so fast that his um, terminal velocity is able to rip apart Brainiac's uh, armor. Um, that That is a moment that um, no matter how many times I see it, um, no matter how many times I rewatch the episode, or no matter how many times it comes up in a YouTube playlist, I punch the air. <laughs> that <laughs> because... shot,
0: that, that first person perspective shot of yeah. um, him, of him running past the pyramids and stuff like
1: that. Just to to bring him to the level of, you know, yes, you know, put him in his element and he will tear you down like a god. The actual
4: arc for me is pretty bland because I feel like I've seen what if superheroes were bad people kind (laughs) of a lot, especially in the modern world where it's all people can do with Invincible and the boys and all that stuff. But this the Cadmus arc was the key thing that brought the new question into my life. Yes. So I'm gonna oh. talk about how great the question yeah. is, if that's okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. And also Amanda Waller, I mean, who at first seems like this, you know, absolute, horrible, hard nose, you know, even if she does work for the government villain, and she develops nuance over the um over the series as well.
0: Yeah. But I do want to go. Monty, you opened the door. I want you to walk through it. Let's talk for a moment about how great the question is. Okay, so the
4: question was created by world-class weirdo Steve Ditko. Um, (laughs) He, of course, created Spider-Man, and he is a great comic book creator. When he was working with Charlton Comics, he started getting kind of weird and objectivist. He made Mr. A who I don't understand what his whole deal is, but he seems like he's an Ayn Rand character. (laughs) And the question was like that. Uh, Then DC bought Charlton Comics and Alan Moore changed characters. So Rorschach from Watchmen is a lot like the question. But then Justice League Unlimited took the question and made him good for the really the first time. (laughs) He's such a weirdo like the line about aglets from the opening <laughs> mhm making him a an obsessed conspiracy nut who's right about some things and wrong about some things he's so fun the
1: and then they have him in huntress yes
2: <laughs> yeah that's a no that's a pairing that feels like it was picked out of a you know a book <laughs> yeah Pop. but it works eventually it yeah. works beautifully <laughs> And that I believe that first episode is a is the only Justice League Unlimited episode written by Gail Simone, who has written some amazing comics. Mm. Uh, but is I think that's one of my favorite uh, episodes of the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, we've talked about um, Green Arrow and Question. Are there any other uh, characters outside of the core seven um, that really stood out to you, uh, especially in these first two seasons? Uh, as just really delightful
2: black canary black canary i would say booster gold would be at the top of my list yes. uh-huh. um
0: so let's talk about booster gold for a second that episode um if i had my druthers we'd talk about it, all nine, 39 episodes individually but so booster gold is a character created by dan jurgens um only had like a 25 issue run of the comic before uh he basically um found his uh identity as a comic relief character in the justice league international uh comic books and he is the character who nobody knows who everybody thinks is green lantern and he and, and he doesn't have anything to do in any other episode but he gets a spotlight episode um and and tony Take it away. What's so great about Booster Gold and that Booster Gold episode?
2: I mean, I guess, you know, Booster Gold is the most uh, comic relief of Justice League uh, characters. If you're not familiar with Booster Gold, and I wasn't, uh, the (laughs) premise of Booster Gold is that he is not like somebody who wants to be a hero to do the right thing, who, you know, got bit by a radioactive booster and now has superpowers. (laughs) He is basically like a time-traveling con man. He's a guy from the future, so he has future technology. Uh, He frequently has a robot named Skeet that that helps him out with stuff. And he basically has travel to our time with so that his technology makes him super powerful because he wants to be like a celebrity uh, by being a superhero. He sees being a superhero as like the ticket to fame and fortune and things like that. I guess, unfortunately, he traveled to a time when there's like a superhero on every block and there's, you know, the Justice League is so. And, you know, he's he is a joke and the Justice League kind of knows he's a joke and he is frequently uh, basically assigned duties that are kind of demeaning because you know because he's not reliable and people are not impressed by him but you know because people see through him uh he frequently i think has a kind of weird weird dynamic with batman where batman is not impressed by booster gold so in the greatest story never told uh specifically you know like the justice league is in the background dealing with some world-ending uh threat and batman assigns booster gold crowd control uh, so like it's his job to just keep people back uh, but then they you know so they tell an episode about what happens with that uh, and and you know what, what's going to go on with that and it's you know it's, it's just like let's again let's do an episode where we focus on a character that you probably never heard of before and tell an interesting side story uh, that's happening while the Justice League is off you know dealing with the main action in the background uh, and you know the booster gold pops up in a lot of other uh, DC animated stuff since then uh this is you know he's from the comics but this was certainly my introduction to him and he's just you know there's this kind of dynamic of he is uh kind of a scummy fame uh fame seeking celebrity wannabe who also you know learns that like you know saving people is the right thing to do when you have you know superpowers and and you know it is being being a good person has has a reward as well as uh beyond fame and fortune uh but yeah almost always played for a joke I,
3: I love the fact that we got wildcat um yeah who's you know that's a, he's a jsa member and and they you know they brought him back and he's and he's still he is still kind of the uh he's still kind of like a a gumshoe a uh what what are they what do they call those guys uh, you know just kind of like a like he came out of a detective novel um it yeah, so I I mean I love the fact that they were able to to, to keep that, that same characteristic for the character as as we went through. Um he was in uh like he was Black Canary's uh mentor in 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 uh JLU and in I guess season two premiere, The Cat and the Canary. Uh we get to see a, a really good episode between you know GA Green Arrow, um Black Canary, his 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 new boo uh and and wildcat so uh, you know i love that and then as a result of that particular episode we we wind up having a through line through the rest of uh that season and and i guess through the series because we go back to uh hang out or, or run into roulette a few more times after after that that premiere episode
4: yeah I love that Wildcat's thing is just that he's a retired boxer, but also he's trained just, all just of, like a cat <laughs> he's also trained all of the best fighters in the d c universe right like that's why I like Black Canary is she's a trained fighter, oh, she also has a superpower that will knock you out immediately, but she prefer to just kick you a lot right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking through uh, the cast list uh, as we were talking about some of these um, rare uh, or obscure DC characters that were brought in. And it's reminded me how well this um, how how well the voice acting has always been in the DC animated universe. Uh, Hat tip to uh, casting director uh, Andrea Romano. Um, Yep. But. Oh, yeah. These characters that we've been talking about. Booster Gold, voiced by Tom Everett Scott, uh from That Thing You Do. Wildcat, James Farina from um uh what was it? Um Crime Story. Mm, right. Dennis Farina, excuse me. Felix Faust is Robert England. Um right.
3: Well, you got JK Simmons, uh plays- J.K.
0: Simmons as right. just a random general, you know, right. General Wade Eiling, you right. know, just yeah, look yeah, we can get JK Simmons, why not? Uh it's a really well uh cast cartoon uh they took they took advantage of uh, every every voice actor that they could get cch pounder is amanda yes. waller is incredible and um and the voice direction is superb none of them feel like drop-in celebrities uh they're actually doing voice acting my favorite scene in the entire series
4: involves an in-joke about voice yes talent if i could just go over it really quickly absolutely (laughs) that that that's that's season three right that yes it is it is of course in the great brain robbery one of my favorite episodes (laughs) uh when lex luthor normally voiced by the great clancy brown has switched brains with the flash normally voiced by the great michael rosenbaum michael rosenbaum is now He's still the voice, but now he's playing Lex Luthor. And of course, Michael Rosenbaum played Lex Luthor in Smallville. And the great joke is he looks in the mirror, takes his mask off and says, I have no idea who this is. That's great. Uh,
0: Yeah, that that they just I don't don't know if they just dreamed of having that uh, moment all along and and. and wrote the episode to fit the voice cast <laughs> or what but that that's just a absolute uh shining light there um that was the third season so they did the cadmus story arc they wrapped it up um had a um dramatic beat down with um uh luthor and brainiac to close out season 2 and then they did an epilog for the entire DC animated universe yeah. with uh the the season 2 finale uh, literally called epilogue which is the story of Terry McGinnis from Batman Beyond it's he's about 10 years older he, looks completely different um this is matured. the one
2: episode where if you hadn't watched other stuff you would be like what is going on exactly because, because yeah. this episode is basically like we needed to do we never got to do a real last episode for batman beyond right. so we're doing it as a justice mm-hmm. league unlimited episode right. yep. uh sorry not sorry yeah, uh,
3: yeah. They, they star trek <laughs> enterprised it yeah uh,
0: they yeah. totally did <laughs> except that this was good yeah yeah that's true <laughs> uh um I I really did like it and it had uh, some lovely homages to the original Batman the animated series right at the end yep. and yeah. in scene the series is overweight Cartoon Network wants another season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> classic and, classic, cal- classic Babylon 5 problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
0: so you'd think I would have learned my lesson now but I find out about what the plans are for season 3 of um Justice League Unlimited and they're doing the freaking Legion of Doom mm-hmm. they're doing freaking <laughs> challenge of the super friends I see art on the internet and they are recreating the skull faced headquarters <laughs> in the swamp from the 1970s and Chip, I'm like
4: you are obsessed with super friends and I'm
0: stepping in right now <laughs> what do you
4: have against super friends <laughs>
0: I am a 52-year-old man who does not want to appear like he is enjoying childish things as I watch my superhero cartoons.
1: (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. Continue. uh, Shush you. Shush (laughs) you. The the thing is, if they were going to do it, uh, they did it pretty damn well. You know, that's the thing. I mean, the, the Legion of Doom story arc... Is, you know, really interesting because they get into the infighting. Like, of course, this set of yeah. villains is not going to get along yeah. and and fall into lockstep behind Luthor uh, for every attempt. This to is take what over happens
2: when you, you know, you have a super genius and a super genius gorilla in the same workplace. Is there going to there's going to be tension and <laughs> and an idiot zombie who can't
4: die?
0: And <laughs> yeah.
2: I always, Sinestro's often in the background there and he doesn't have any lines. And I'm like, why, how, what are you putting up with these people right, Sinestro? Yeah. <laughs> you, you got a magic ring. What's you don't in, need what's this.
3: What's in it for him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shannon.
1: No, I, I was just <laughs> pointing out, you know, and then the Ultiman was a really, you know, interesting, cool takeoff on, you know, bless their hearts, you know, all of those characters that, that Super Friends came up with just to... <laughs> just to answer the diversity issue. <laughs> right. um, they, they did something right. cool and interesting right. with
0: it. Thank God right. they didn't call long shadow Apache yeah. chief. Right. Right. Yeah. yes, yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly. exactly. Exactly.
0: But, but yeah. Uh, so I do want to, um, I do want to take a, get some other thoughts about that third season. Well, about that.
3: So the, so the, um, I love the fact that we had the Legion of doom because yeah, it was, it was a, a, a call back to the super friends and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, young enough I'm I'm experienced enough to have uh, to have seen those as well and but the the really funny thing about the season is that the Justice League didn't do anything this season right they didn't do anything they never like, they didn't break up the Legion of Doom. They never even found the headquarters, right? <laughs> like, they there was nothing that the Justice League actually did to stop the Legion of Doom. Um, they just kind of Keystone cops their way into winning.
4: Um, it, yeah, do you think that Watchtower would have would have at least could look we, for things?
2: We don't scan swamps.
1: Right, we don't, it's right. not in the budget. It's just, it's like, <laughs> Wasn't the Watchtower gone by then?
2: No, it
3: was. Well, that's Superman. It's, Superman
1: it, got overruled.
0: Yeah, ah. yeah it's, it's still there, but they've also got a Hall of Justice. Excuse right. me, an embassy that is on the ground as well.
4: I was at San Diego Comic-Con in a Justice League Unlimited panel when they previewed the first episode of season three and everybody in that panel including me lost their minds at the reveal of of the legion of doom we were all (laughs) so excited like no hesitation no oh no this was all yes let's go <laughs> yeah legion of doom heck yes
2: well and i, I you know i think the legion of doom w- w- they pull off well i think they they hit that r- balance perfectly in terms of you know what a lot of comic book villains are goofy and not that uh that threatening <gasps> and maybe they should be thugs working for lex luther <laughs> on whatever hijinks he has that week because like polaris i'm not intimidated by polaris but you're sorry sorry dr polaris he went to medical school uh <laughs> but you know he can he can he can be a, a a lackey for somebody else's plan that's fine
3: yeah uh we we wound up losing so i think in season three we lost um batman's rogue rogues gallery
2: uh, yes there is there's kind of a thing where uh I forget which Batman stuff was being developed, but basically like Batman, Batman disappears heavily from the world of animated media in general. I think for things that ever, never actually got released, but there was like, there went from being a lot of Batman to a Batman drought. Right,
0: It was what uh, angry people on Usenet called the Bat Embargo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I may have been one of those angry people um, because in part they had the Batman series right. with voiced by with the character voiced by Ray Romano that was sort of happening at the same time. And they had to do all kinds of negotiations to get Batman and the Batmobile to stay in the show. But whereas you had um, Alfred and the Batcave and um, the Joker in justice league unadorned um you all you got was all you got was kevin conroy and mm-hmm. uh and, and and in seasons one through three of justice league unlimited and that's it and you're going to like it i think they even had hugo dr hugo strange uh squ- uh at the cadmus table at one point and some suit noticed that and that was the end of mm-hmm. that
2: mm-hmm.
0: i'm sorry i th- my attention to detail has um taking taking me down a, a rabbit hole again. What rabbit hole? Right. Please go on. Right, exactly. We're all very we're, interested. Yes,
3: we're in that we're in the hole with you. The <laughs> calls coming from inside the house. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, other thoughts about the Legion of Doom season and um and, and the wrap up that included the return of uh one dark side and the anti-life equation.
2: Well, it's you know, it's very uh comic booky in a in a, in a good way that in the end guess what? They're going to need some of the, uh, they're going to need Lex Luthor and some of the other villains to help take out dark seed, uh, dark side. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that works. It's, uh, you know, they, they live there. They, they can't, you know, they can't conquer the earth if, uh, if outside forces conquer the earth or they can't rob a bank if the bank is destroyed. Uh, so it's, you know, they may be villains, but they're still Terrans. I don't know. So get, <laughs> get off my earth. Um, i like
4: the dark side stuff because it is the jack kirby fourth world stuff and it's done really well like in general starting with batman the animated series i feel like the dc animated universe is the best version of every dc character (laughs) and that's definitely true for the fourth world stuff like granny goodness in the comic books is kind of dumb put ed asner's voice on granny goodness (laughs) now you've got something
2: yeah (laughs) They really they really knew how to shine every potato that they were given. Um, you know. I I, I it is tricky in that uh you know, Dark Side stories have been ad- adapted a lot, like too often. They it shows up in a lot of different animated shows and mo- and animated movies and and uh and uh, so I am tired of seeing Darkseid, but this was my first time seeing Darkseid, and so uh so it was great. Yeah.
3: I well it was so wasn't this basically I, I think so um, the end of season two was supposed to be the wrap up of, of all of like the Batman stuff, all the DCAU stuff up until that point. Um, they didn't think they were getting a third season. But I felt like Destroyer, the end of Justice, Justice League Unlimited, the end of season three, was also kind of uh, a, a soft wrap on Superman, the adventures of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with dark side because dark side came out of nowhere at the end of this, right? Like, you know, we're in, we're in episode 12 alive. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, Lex, Lex does some Lex thing where he's obsessed with trying to get Brainiac back. Um, so he can have this ultimate power, but then, but then yeah, dark side comes out of nowhere. Like I just, I, I felt a lot like in this season, There wasn't a lot. They were surprised by the fact that they were getting this third season Uh, and and they didn't necessarily have a story. They didn't have an arc that they really wanted to go on. So they just kind of created one was like, hey, you know, why don't we talk about the Legion of Doom and we'll do some Legion of Doom stuff and we can't use the Joker. So why don't we use, you know, since we can't lean into the Batman's rogues gallery, why don't we lean into the Flash's rogues gallery and we'll get General Grodd in there, and we'll get Captain Boomerang and Mirror Master and we'll do some yeah. goofy things with these guys. And it'll be fun and we'll Legion and Doom it up and you know, but it'll always be about Lex uh and and Superman and like whether or not Superman's going to have like a an anti-hero turn or something like that, just kind of spurned on by by Super I mean, you know, by Lex Luthor. Um but who else can we get in there to to kind of give superman his moment of closure. Oh yeah, dark side cuz yeah, right? Like and uh you know, and again, I'll, I'll call back back to, you know, to destroy that, you know, that that particular moment where where uh superman is finally like, yeah, you know, I feel like I live in a world made out of cardboard. And I always have to hold back, you know, I always have to think about whether or not uh if I'm, you know, if I hit somebody too hard that that they're going to die. And, you know, I'm constantly trying not to kill people. Um, but I don't have to worry about that with you. You can take it. So I'm going to do it. And, and you know, and we finally get Superman just, you know, unfettered Superman Unlimited. And, uh, you know, and then he destroys Metropolis or wherever the hell they happen to be. Um, because he'd like all the skyscrapers now have a... Uh, a dark size size hole in the middle of, of their buildings. And then, you know, like Broadway is like Scott.
0: So but, much property damage. Right, right. So much property damage. <laughs> right, right. But who, but who winds up saving the day in that one? Um, Again, spoilers for a decades old cartoon, right. but one, the one and only Lex Luthor, Absolutely. you know? So again, and, and again, that's great writing, great performance by Clancy Brown. Um, and, even though this was uh sort of an extra season uh for the for the d c animated u- universe and um and for justice league and limitings unlimited itself, I thought it was just a really satisfying satisfying conclusion. Uh speaking of concluding, we need to start wrapping up this podcast. Uh to do that, I wanted to ask you all for a couple of favorite characters, favorite episodes. If you uh if you want to encourage some listeners to give uh Justice League Unlimited a shot, you could obviously start with episode 1 uh, on Max, but if there is a favorite story that you want to uh, trot out uh, or favorite characters that people should focus on, who would you recommend?
3: the question is so yeah you know question authority is is a great one from season two um just so you can get a, a sense of just how out there uh this particular uh, show can can get while also knowing that yeah Superman and and Wonder Woman and Batman and and the flash are all in it um, that's a great one. Uh, w- one thing that I I just want to say is I want to know the story. I wish there was an episode just strictly about the people that work there. And we kind of got one of that in Task Force Task Task Force X, the hardest episode to pronounce. Um, but yeah, just like there's all these people that work on the watch on the watchtower. <laughs> They're just regular folks. How the hell did they get that job? Like, what's the <laughs> interview process to get I know, the job right? and and you know how much do they pay like I, I justice
0: see- league unlimited lower decks right, mm. right. <laughs>
2: j-l-u-l-d mm. I would say it's probably not a good episode to start with but one of my favorite episodes that I would put on a, a short list if you just want, if you didn't want to watch all 39 uh it's one of the rare two-parters uh is the once in future thing which involves time travel yeah. hijinks and they both travel to the old west and then forward in future uh to uh kind of a batman beyond kind of uh era and it's batman green lantern and wonder woman centered story uh but with lots of kind of cameos from both uh past and future dc and uh dc folks uh i don't know i like that it's a time travel thing that has it's like we go we're gonna go in the past and the future that's what i want in time travel is both both ways uh
0: <laughs> you know i think it actually does work kind of standalone um there's, uh, yes, there's, there are obvious references to things that have happened for the past <laughs> of these characters, but I think it's still, I think it's still pretty satisfying on, uh, on its own.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's got that bit where green lantern
4: turns into Hal Jordan and he just says, I'm up to speed. Carry We're on. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a professional.
2: You jerks. Yeah. <laughs> Green Lantern one of the most competent superheroes, Fiercely <laughs> competent compared to some other some of the jerks who got tights.
4: <laughs> um I already said my episodes but I'll say them again. Patriot Act, a, an episode that focuses exclusively on like D-list superheroes and Green Arrow. Um <laughs> is a lot of fun and The Great Brain Robbery. Yeah. Um it's just an enormous amount of fun.
1: Yeah, I th- I think one of my favorite episodes is um even though it doesn't feature any um, non uh, original seven characters is kid stuff um, because they actually take the, they make the effort to try to extrapolate. Sure. Shrink Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern. What are they going to be like as kids? (laughs) Um, They, they get Superman being, you know, back to, you know, happy go lucky, wide eyed Kansas farm boy. Um, Wonder Woman kind of takes charge. She's the big sister. She, she's gonna like you know c- boys come on, we got to get ourselves together. Batman's snarky sort of loner behavior turns them into like a brat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know Green Lantern is apparently like a, for whatever reason sort of younger than the others and he's um, you know quick to act out uh, accordingly. And so he's got know, a stigmatism. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, he he has to conjure up some nice green glasses so that he can see. Um, so, you know, I really like, you know, how they play with the characters that way in that specific episode. Um, I'd say my one of my favorites um, characters that hasn't been mentioned yet is Zatanna. Um, in part, she's... Um, a character I first ran into when I was reading Wonder Woman comic comics decade, decade, decades ago. They did like this five part series where they brought in as many of the female d c characters as they could for this one giant arc. And she was a big part of that. And then I like never saw her again until she pops up in the Batman Animated series briefly. And so I was very happy to see her again, even though um, the episode that she's the most part of, this little piggy, is not one of my favorites. Mm.
3: <laughs> I just want to uh, also call out the relationship between Vixen and Shaira, uh, a.k.a. Hawk mm-hmm. girl, uh, in, I guess, later season two and in season three, uh, where mm-hmm. really it very much, like this show very much becomes like a, a workplace comedy, drama slash comedy, um, where all of these people just kind of work and live together and like it gets very like melrose placey it's it's
1: awesome i love it <laughs> melrose placey <laughs> speaking of
4: hawk girl i thought justice the did does a really good job of trying to figure out what Hawkman man and hawk girls deals are yeah right. <laughs>
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it gets really complicated but they do a good job of it as for me i want to um i, I want to celebrate double date as well um, with the Huntress and Question and Green Arrow and Black Canary. Um, uh, every once in a while, the the superheroes just get a little too super, and you've got, you know, the only superpower among the group is uh, Black Canary's Scream. Other than that, it's just the four street-level heroes um, clashing with each other um, and uh, bantering at each other, and I think that they are just delightful what do question and huntress seeing each other uh do we really want to know does it feel pretty uh pretty creepy and yet yeah, we're proud of those kids at the same time yes yes and yes
4: <laughs> how does she even kiss him he has no
2: face <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: mask
3: right yes. yeah you use an aerosol to to get it <laughs> off
1: <laughs> no yeah.
3: problem so yeah she's she's seen other mouths she knows where they are
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there is a fantastic DC animated universe out there um but these 39 episodes bite-sized chunks 22 minutes apiece uh I highly recommend them and I think the rest of the panel does too. Uh so say we all?
3: So say, so say we, we all. all.
0: Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to The Incomparable Mothership. Uh, I have been your host, Chip Sutterth, Tony Sindelar, thank you uh, for uh, yielding the Batman University chair for uh, for this episode. Batman
2: and his co-workers belong to all of us, Chip. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Goodbye, nerds.
0: Cicero, thank you for joining us.
3: Uh, thank you very much for having me, Chip. Uh, my team does not quit and neither do I.
0: Shannon Sutter, uh, thanks for uh, walking into the other room of our house and recording this with us. (laughs) Always a pleasure. And Monty Ashley, thank you, sir, as well.
4: Justice League assemble, Chip.
0: (laughs) And we will see you next week on The Incomparable. Bye-bye.